record. Now you can tell about being mean to your cat. I was mean to my cat. Um, <laughs> I'm my son has gone away for two weeks, mm-hmm. and so being over the holidays, I'm like, oh, I'll, I got Friday off. So Thursday night, I bring the cat over to the boyfriend's house. <laughs> So I have to. I've been getting her adjusted to the to the new house, to his house. It was. It's been kind of mean. She uh, first decided just to stay in a corner for a bunch of day for about a couple hours, and I had to take her out. Then I got worried that I can't leave her out and about, so I locked her in the bathroom, and she decided to stay in her litter box the whole entire time. And so. Every time I went to visit her, I had to kick the litter box and she comes out. <laughs> and then she decided she liked to explore upstairs and she found, she found underneath the bed. And so she's been staying there a lot, but now she's gotten a lot better now. Like the other day, um, like the second night I had a hand feeder make Aww. her eat. <laughs> she's going to lose weight now. There you the go. The will be happy. <laughs> Did we find Bernie at all? No. Oh, I'm so sorry. Sue. And and now Bonnie's really sick. Oh. Yeah, she's been That's sick good. since this morning, and and she's having tummy problems. We don't quite know what's wrong. I gave her Pepto, and she didn't even move. And normally she fights oh. me, and I just like went. Just like you, so. Well, she probably was like, you know what? I don't like this either. So I'll I'll let you do anything to me if you make it stop. Yeah, when she stands up, she cries. So at first we thought, is it like, did she hurt herself on her walk? Because she went for a walk today. They were fine. Yeah, I have a vet appointment tomorrow morning. Oh, my head was just, my head was nothing too serious. Me too. Hopefully that goes well. Yeah, my mind went to the bad place, so I'm trying really hard not to. Bernie never came back, and Bonnie had pancreatitis, but she is doing fine. Just thought you guys might want to know. Well, geez. Well, I got another little poofwa thing for you. Okay. Poofwa moment. Oh, dear. Arks at camp, and I get a phone call from camp. I'm thinking, oh, God. The worst case scenario, he wants to come home. He's crying, and he wants to come home. I'm like, I'm like I, I, I doubt that's all right, but okay, I, I'm, I'm prepared. Well, it's the physician there. I don't oh, know dear. how my son does it, but he stepped on a rusty nail. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> and I go, I go, okay, um, I go, how, how bad's the puncture? He goes, it's not a bad puncture. I go, he's gonna need stitches. Was he, he barefoot? Goes, no. I don't know if he was barefoot or if he was in his shoes. I've seen pictures, like they have, like you can become a member of their little shutterfly, um, um, yeah. account and you can look at pictures and then I've only found two pictures of him and they've he's been in <laughs> he's been in his shoes but a lot yeah. I've seen a lot of kids in their bare feet too so yeah. I, I have no idea but I'm like okay do you want do I need to come up what do you want he goes no we just need permission to take him to the ER I'm like what for he goes we have to give him he goes when's the last time we got a tetanus shot and I'm like oh my god I can't remember I'm like he's 13 he probably didn't get until he was like five I'm like it's within the 10 year period <laughs> luckily enough my yep, girlfriend I just, I just an ICU my pediatric <laughs> yeah and my um yeah my girlfriend who's an ICU pediatric nurse <laughs> looked at her I go how long's the tetanus shot she goes five years now I'm like it's only five it used to be I goes, ten gonna... I just yeah, got my it's been ten more... She says now they really, they say 10. She goes, it's really five. 
Hmm. So what they did was take him into, they took him into the ER and gave him a booster of, of a tetanus. Oh, so, oh, so he's got a <laughs> sore arm. Yeah, so he's going to have a sore arm. So make matters worse. I guess I, I left my phone in the car. I left him the phone in the car. I'm like, crap. I went back and got the phone and I missed two calls. I called it. It was the ER. So I called them. I'm like, hey, I'm double checking on my son. I just accidentally, I mean, I just got out of the car and left it like for five minutes. And of course, they called twice. Mm-hmm. Great course, parent. And <laughs> I'm like, is he there? And she's like, well, you just got the front desk. You have to get a hold of the ER. I'm like, can you, can you transfer me in there? Yes. Well, they transferred me to a wrong ER. They transferred me to the one <laughs> all the way across town. And oh, I'm geez. like, is my son there? And I mean, the guy was really sweet. He's like, no, we don't have anybody here by that name. I go, are you sure? He goes, let's look at the database. He goes, oh, no, he's in so-and-so town. I go, where am I calling? He's like, oh, you're calling here across town. I'm like, how the hell did I get you? (laughs) I'm like, because I told you he was in this town. He's like, I don't know. He goes, I'll transfer you. So I get transferred to that phone call. I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting at a graduation party going, what the hell is going on? And I get transferred there. I mean, it, this this is already like a 20-minute conversation. Mm-hmm. And I get there, and the guy's like, we don't have anybody by that name. I go, oh, for crying I go, can you loud. check to see? I'm like, can you check to see if he has been there then? Okay. I'm like, I'm his mother. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, he was here. He's gone. I'm like, fine. <laughs> okay. I'm like, apparently they need me. And so the cam calls me back because I told them to call me back. They're like, hey, everything went fine. He's good. I'm like, all right, that's fine. I go, I wouldn't have called the DMER if they didn't call me twice. <laughs> Ooh, wow. Somebody just had a foghorn in the background. That was exciting. Yeah, that was that was me for some reason with my phone. I have to um the cover for it. It's um this life proof. They're like waterproof and everything. And for some reason no one can hear me unless I have the little cover like little flap thing for you to plug in the like to, to charge it to charge it with. If that's not open no one can hear me. And you got the little foghorn cuz it came up. I see. So I had a story. What was my story? Oh, I have a story. So my um, my brother came yesterday to Chainsaw. Now, we're in severe fire conditions, okay? So okay. The, the rules are you can't chainsaw after 1 p.m. So my brother Why? came up because they're afraid it'll start, that it'll spark a fire. I don't know. It's silly. Okay, well, well 1 p.m. Well, got to do it. Well, you're in... You, well, because it's 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 it's, it's the, the hottest part of the day. Um, correct. Mm, yes, I guess. So See, they're they're in drought. They're in drought mode. We're not in drought mode. I'm thinking about maybe shipping some water to Sue right now. Yeah, I'd take water. We're, we <laughs> yeah, don't usually. We, we can ship you some of ours. Good, good, good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, know. Jules is trying it, to ship me some Texas water too. She said, "How are we going to do this?" I said, "Magic." Yeah, but, really. So Mike's chainsaw and so, powder. Flu powder. I can just see it now. The fireplaces will flood out. <laughs> It'll be like Fantasia. Yeah, yeah, that'll work. <laughs> so 
he comes over and he's chainsawing this and he's chainsawing that and he says, I need to chainsaw in the driveway. Will you hold the ladder? And I said, I've got the better. I've got the tractor. And I'm really good at it. Mom's like, she's really good at it. It'll be fine. So oh, we, dear. we put him in the bucket of the uh, tractor and I set oh. him up and, and the tractor's sticky. So it's like, it needs to be oiled and it's just, and he's up there and, and at one point he's got one hand on a branch and I went to do it and I overcompensated. Oh my God, is this the Jen story? And he started to fall out, but he still had one hand on a branch and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And I pushed it the other way and it flung him back up. So he was upright. He's got a chainsaw in his hand the whole time, you know. I'm just like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I almost killed you. And he's like, I'm glad I had a hold of that branch. He's like, and you said this was safer than the ladder. And I'm like, yeah, it is safer than the ladder. He's like, I don't think so. So then he's cutting branches down and they're falling on top of me in the tractor. And the branch hits my hand, which is on the lever that controls the box, and it makes it oh, jump shit. again. I almost dropped him a second time because the tree hit me. So yeah. that was exciting. So then we said, well, let's feed you. So we fed him dinner, and, and he said, is there anything I can do before I leave? And I said, oh, if you could put the chicken food in the chicken house, that would be great. So he goes out to put the chicken food in, and I'm walking out to show him where to put it. And he comes back, and he's got his hand over his eye, and I'm like, what did you do? And he said, I just got stung by a bee. So we brought him in right on his eyelid. We brought him in, and we're giving him first aid and trying to figure it all out. Well, he goes back out. There are six yellow jacket nests in the truck that has the bird food, the chicken food in it. That mom and I Ooh. drove to pick blueberries in the day before. How we didn't Ooh. get stung, I'll never know. So we we took care of him, and he got the wasp spray, and he went out. He killed the first batch, and then he was like, I think there's more. And they started looking, and yeah, they found like six different nests. And they're still buzzing around the car, so they're still looking for either their friends or there's a nest we missed in there. I'm not sure, but... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so... But I, I learned, so if it's a wasp... Or a hornet, you put vinegar on it. Okay. And if it's a bee or a yellow jacket, you put baking soda on it. And that draws yeah, up. How it do neutralizes. you tell the difference? Well, we found the nest, so we knew which one it was. Oh, that's mm-hmm. true. Oh, I got hit bit by a horse fly this weekend. I, I had one. By those things. They hurt. Long time. Yeah. Oh, I know. Well, I was stupid. Um, I left the, the bathroom window open because he doesn't have a an exhaust fan. Mm-hmm. So I left it open and I'm forgetting that he doesn't have a damn um, screen, screen on either. the thing. Yeah, so I left like three stupid horse flies, two, hor- uh, two wasps, and I'm trying to get the wasp out. Didn't even think that they were horse flies and I hit it. I'm like, ow! Ooh, yeah. yeah. I had one go after me at the dog park the other day, but it didn't it didn't bite me. It just sort of landed on me and started to bite. And I was like, ah, and smacked it off and made it. But they're nasty. Yeah. Mm, I, I got stung by a bee once. Wasn't even doing anything. And it just came over and stung me. Well, that's not very nice. I, yeah, you just smell no, so pretty like a flower. That. I don't know. Mosquitoes seem to love me, so. Oh, oh they're horrible right now with all, the, the, all this wetness and stuff. It is disgusting. I know it's going to be. So, it's just. Oh, uh, I, even like we had two days where it didn't didn't rain. The thing is, but at night because of all the moisture just was coming up, the the grass was still wet. It, oh it's yeah. Just, it's just been it's been horrible. I Sue's like, oh. Oh, I wish I could have some wetness. Oh, you can yeah. have. 
Well, we take our water. The mosquitoes are going to be awful here. They're going to be spraying tomorrow, I'm sure. Well, it's been like 14 or 15 days over 90 degrees. We never oh, get that. Wow. We might get three or four yeah, days well, at 90, but that's it. This is mm. this has just been crazy. And even the guy at the dog park who absolutely loves the heat said the other day, yeah, I called Uncle a couple of days ago. I'm ready for it to cool off, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, here it's just, it's, it's just, it's so moist and so muggy. I mean, it's hitting, it's hitting, hitting the 80s, but it's just like. You're walk. You're you can just like you're walking through it, and you can just feel it just cling to you. It just hasn't yeah. been pleasant with that. No, I'm like I just want a nice 90 weather day so it can just dry out. Dry everything out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's been it's been um yeah we we've um have been planting planting grass. Um, we were doing uh, redoing Christian's front front lawn, and so we've been re- trying to level it all out. Well, we can't even do that because it's so muddy. We can't get get it all done because it's been so muddy and mm. stuff. We're like we're we're just like great. I mean, we're just making mud pies. So yeah. <laughs> it's been fun. Well, I'm feeling pretty lucky right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much fine. <laughs> It was cool and breezy on Saturday. I didn't go out, and it was warm today and yesterday, and it kind of looked like it might rain as I was coming back from work. We'll see whether that happens or not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Saturday was fantastic. Yeah, I feel like we, we like should have some sort of shows. weather distribution thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, really. No, we, we had, like, five fireworks shows because <laughs> we were sitting at the lake, around the lake near the band shell, and at least four people had illegal fireworks. So we had two people across the lake, <laughs> our show, and then at least three people behind us. It just, it was pretty spectacular. So, so we seriously, we had fireworks for like about two and a half hours just going on. I'm like, and there are police down oh, the hill, guys. How are you not getting arrested? Yeah. My, oh, they're just like, let them go. It, it's so dry here that people are getting notices if their weeds are tall. There. I told mom, I said, it's wow. a good thing I, I weed whacked the driveway when I got home from Boston. And she's like, why? And I said, because it's the fire danger that they're coming after. I said, and we needed to get our field, mm. you know. And she's like, oh, that's why they're doing it. And I said, yep. So. Wouldn't have thought of that. Uh, yeah, I didn't think of it either. But yeah, that's, good. that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, they're, they're checking on people and making sure that. Things are because it's just. I mean, a single spark can just set everything off. Oh, mm-hmm. well, that's like a, you're like a dried-up Christmas tree, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Just like my office is like a dried-up Christmas tree. I mean, I mean, if, if my office goes, oh, I know which side's. I know which side's gonna go first. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Try not to set anything on fire. One of the bad habits of uh, being working for engineers. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I saw something today on Facebook that amazed and alarmed me. That people had gone camping and they had plastic wine glasses and they left their plastic wine glass on the table and went for a hike. And when they came back, it had magnified. And I didn't think the plastic would do it. I knew glass would, but I didn't think the plastic would. But it magnified the table underneath where the bottom of the glass was and actually set it smoldering. And when they figured it out and poured water on it, it actually hissed and steamed. So it was about ready to burst into flame. Oh, my. Yeah. Well, they were oh, lucky. my. So, I mean, and we have glass that comes up out of the ground here all the time. It would be really what? easy for – it just, you know, it's just things come up out of the ground all the time. I find all kinds of crap. 
But it'd be real easy for a piece of glass to come up and magnify onto a piece of straw and set straw on fire or, or weeds on fire here. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. And then we'll hear the news that there's a great forest fire in Oregon, and we'll know. We'll know yeah. it was Sue. It was Sue. Luxford Farm is no longer. That would be sad. That would be sad. Yeah. That would be sad. Yeah. I was going to say, are you in any, um, like, are you getting notices that, like to about watering your plants and stuff like that? No. Um, well, you're a farm, so it might be a little bit different. Yeah. The only notice that I know is that we got the notice saying that, and it wasn't like a notice mailed to me. It was just on my Facebook page from the fire department saying mm-hmm. that fireworks were not allowed outside the city limits. Um, so mm-hmm. and we are the first house outside city limits. So we're not allowed to have, we weren't allowed to have fireworks. We couldn't use the chainsaw between 1 and 8 p.m., we can't have um, fire pits or open barbecues. We can have gas barbecues, but we can't have, mm-hmm. like, those open fire okay. pits and things like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, was there something else? Uh, you know, there's a lot of mumbo-jumbo stuff that we would never do that were for, like, loggers and stuff like that. But we don't have to worry about that. Oh, sure. So, but, yeah, it's dry. It's really dry. I've never seen it like this before. And, and like, everything's ripening. I picked my first blackberry today. Mm. Normally, we don't get blackberries Ooh. until August. I was going to say, I thought <laughs> you didn't get it until August. <laughs> no, we don't get blackberries until August, but it's so warm that the blackberries are ripening. Wow. How big are they? Are they? They're normal size. Sure they're not that big. No, are they're, they? they're, they're, they're normal things. size. They're nice ones. Yeah. And we picked some plums today. We don't have nearly the amount of plums that we've had in the past. And we went again to pick blueberries, so I got blueberries coming out my ears. But we're freezing them for winter. We'll have blueberries all winter long. It'll be great. That sounds like a fantastic hex. The blueberry coming out your ears? It does sound like a good hex. Yes. Yeah. And speaking of hexes, should we start this thing? Oh, yes. I suppose we could. Did everybody... could be on topic. Did everybody get their uh, stories out? Trisha had... had the page open. No, no, I mean, did everybody get their... You know, like yeah, the tractor yeah, story. Yeah, that's pretty much happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much. The other, yeah, torturing or getting tortured by himself and <laughs> and having my poof, poof weenie and trying to find him all over freaking ass Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he's not even in Pittsburgh. How is he in there? How did you get down here? Like, that's so funny. <laughs> oh. I was so mad. Uh, I can just imagine he's probably so ticked off. <laughs> yeah, he had to go get a he's shot. That's no shot. Yeah, he's not good with shots. Yeah. He's not good with shots. He's a, sorry to say this, Scott, he's a typical guy. <laughs> yeah, I was actually good with shots when I was younger. I'm not anymore. <laughs> I don't know if I just uh, didn't care as much or didn't really have bad associations with it or i don't know like up through like grade five six you i could go get my shots whatever but since then it's been sometimes it's it depends on um sometimes when you're younger they can tell you things like oh well if i use this swab and and you know wipe off your arm then the shots don't hurt and when you're young you believe that and as long yeah, as you believe it, it, anyway. it, no, it doesn't hurt. As long as you believe it doesn't hurt, it doesn't hurt. 
Your mind can Got block that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it does. Oh, no, I don't, yeah, it, it can if you're like, okay, it's not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt. You can, yeah, you, you'd be surprised how much you can handle. Now, my favorite story of ARG is when we went in to get, there was a big clinic of the flu shot. And oh, he he was about three or four. We go in. I mean, it's a huge line at the doc at the doctor's office, and it's like a clinic. They just had everybody come in, and they're just pumping every kid with a shot with a shot. R comes out all indignant with his a hand of his arm, and he looks at everybody. When once we get into the into the waiting room where all these people are waiting, and he looks at everybody, he goes. Say hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a, and it was like mass hysteria. After that, I was like, "Oh shit!" Say <laughs> hurt me. And my mommy let them. <laughs> it was like I hurried up and ran out of there with them. It was if it wasn't so damn funny, but all these kids just started crying. Oh, like, no. it's, it's like stampede of little kids. It's terrible. Well, and you can't exactly explain to a three-year-old this is the thing that's going to keep you, hopefully, from getting sick. And getting mm-hmm. sick is going to be a hell of a lot worse than getting a shot. Right, yeah, three-year-olds don't quite understand <laughs> yeah. that as well. Yeah, I don't even understand that, and I'm 38. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's start the story before I get tired. Okay, so, for Friday, February 19th, this is episode 228 of Pottershake Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Nerdy, awesome, fun. Very awesome fun, that's us, man. There's something going on. I'm not Microsoft. <laughs> I wasn't snoring, was I? I'm a Sherbert Levin. If I start snoring, let me know. Friends Never mind, I'm not going there, I'm not going friends. there. Uh, we're just having adventures. Yep, we're adventures. Adventures are good. Good girl, I'll talk those trousers. Yep. Ooh, we're evil. Sounds like okay, Scott. <laughs> 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 oh, I snorted so much yesterday, it was unreal. <laughs> same snake time, same snake channel. It's all snake time, Patricia. I need to learn how to have a filter on my mouth. Oh, my Yes, Scott. They're there to talk about the sector. They're going to worry about homework later. Puke. <laughs> I swear, yeah. I read them for the stories. <laughs> Sex and snow gags. Awkward. I'm so good to have nightmares. <laughs> Welcome to Potterfic Weekly, the flagship of the Potterfic Weekly series of podcasts. I am Sue. We've lost. I'm Scott. There he is. <laughs> Do it again, Scott. <laughs> I was like, where's Scott? <laughs> I was just waiting for you to stop being a robot, Sue. Oh dear, that doesn't sound good. You sound like you're in a can. You sound like you're in a can. Really, <laughs> Scott? You guys? Scott sounds like he's in a can. You guys all sound he great to me. Does. I don't know. Well, she she gets a little iffy sometimes. Yeah. Oh god. Okay, as long as Sue's recording it, we're fine. <laughs> Alright. Oh, now okay, you're getting kind of slow, Trisha. But oh, anyway. No. Sex and snorkax. Awkward. I'm so good to have nightmares. 
start this again. I'm Scott. <laughs> I'm Trisha. <laughs> and I'm Mooney. And today we are doing chapters, well, we're starting with chapter 9, and we're supposed to go to, I think, 17, but we may not make it, of a keen Holy observer. Holy shit, that's a lot. I know. It was like four hours. A keen observer by Deep Down Slytherin. And mm-hmm. and this is the story where we follow Andromeda as she grows up and goes through Hogwarts and meets Ted and is mostly annoyed by him at this point. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll see where that goes. Yeah. And we are starting... And spoiler alert, she marries him. <laughs> Just to let you know. <gasps> really? <gasps> I never do. And they, and they have a kid. Man, you are a spoilerific kid. All this time, I thought he was marrying Bill Avery. <laughs> and then, and then they have they have a kid, and the kid marries Remus, and then they have another kid, and they have a kid. I mean, and then the well, then we don't know that for sure. Kid dies. Holy cow! What? Now you're confusing me. Oh, oh, I'm we're back to Andromeda. The whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, wait, Teddy's a girl. <laughs> The whole idea is to find out how Andy and Teddy meet and a little bit more about the Slytherins and about the Black family. And it's actually quite a fun story. Yeah, it is. This author put a lot of thought into this. And I'm just like, you know what? That makes sense. I mean, it's just, it's, I was surprisingly how, how much I liked the story. Yay. And we're picking up with Chapter 9, which is Endless Summer, and it's the summer after Andromeda's first year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as it's an unusually hot summer, kind of like here, they all decide to go to the <laughs> coast. And and Mother's not too happy about going to the coast, but Father wants to go, and so that's where they go. Because Mother doesn't quite like sand everywhere. But I'm people are just so informal. Yeah, they're informal. They're for they're very high society. I can see her. I mean, well, they don't really. It sounds awful, but they really don't raise the kids. They're just no. there as more of the oh, here. No, of course not. Here, they're, they're decoration. They're decoration. The parents or the thing. kids? Yeah, the parents. The kids are decoration. Mm-hmm. They should be seen and not heard. And God forbid you don't behave like a lady, because if you don't behave like a lady, you might get slapped across the face. Right. And the thing is, she doesn't like the coast because the girls don't want the girls wear swimsuits and they get tan and all this other stuff and they act like barbarians and all this other stuff. Well, they act like barbarians at home, too. But this was this is more public, I think. So, yes, exactly. True. They f- and they're only going because society's decided they're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they flew to, to this cottage. They call it a cottage, but it's got 10 bedrooms. So it's not a small space small place at all. It's as big as the governor's mansion. I know. Hmm? And so they uh, meet up with Mrs. Wilkes. <laughs> I think they're staying at her her family's estate, maybe? Cottage? Uh, but they're, yeah. They're I renting. think they're just nearby. Yeah, that must be it. Oh, she's, yeah, so she's, one, of she's their, one of the friends that lives friends there. friends who lives at the seaside. All year. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So she's come to visit. And they like her because they let, be she encourages them to run around and do the stuff their mother doesn't like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But and Bella, she does, you know, she the goes, sort of typical conversation you get when a, an older adult meets a kid for 
the first time in a while. It's like, oh, look at you, and how old are you now? And, and uh, aren't you pretty? Andromeda says she's nearly thirteen, and her mother's like, are you really? <laughs> yeah, because mom's. Not <laughs> I had a very Matilda moment there. Matilda. I was thinking sixteen candles. Yeah. <laughs> when grandma's like, I haven't seen, seen that one. Although one of my good friends in high school was named after that movie. Dear. But no, in the what movie, in name? the yeah, in the book, in the book too, Samantha. Oh, okay. In the book too, I think what Matilda's like, I'm old enough to go to school now, and her mother's like, you're four and a half. She's like, no, I'm six. I'm like, no, you're four and a half. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, these parents should be keeping up. Yeah, I yeah. Know. It probably, it's probably it probably happens more, more often than not. <laughs> yeah. So we've only got three of them. I wish my parents wouldn't pay attention. <laughs> really? Really? I'm like, what do you pay attention? Don't really? pay attention to me. Okay. So Bella is coming into herself this summer. She's shred shredding. Yeah. Shedding the last traces of childhood. And she's, you know, seemingly overnight is possessed of the languid grace that she would carry the rest of her life. And, She's um, yeah. She you looks know. really beautiful, and Mrs. Wilkes has uh, told Andromeda she was beautiful, and she's slightly confused because that's the first time anyone's said that to her. But mm-hmm. she does have you know the similar similar features and coloring to Bella, so it would make sense that she's also pretty, but she's never thought of herself that way. Right. Um, Narcissa is the beautiful one. She's the golden blonde. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I always see Narcissa as more of like the the porcelain doll kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, the pretty yellow hair yeah. and stuff like that. I see her. I see her that that way. I well, how they portrayed her in the movie as the skunk. I still don't no. understand. I think the woman was. Well, no. I think the woman was very beautiful, but the hair was completely wrong. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yep. And apparently, uh, Rodolphus Lestrange has been sent on uh, a European ramble because he's graduated. And Rabastin is feeling a little lost without his brother. So he's hanging out with them more and more because he needs, you know, someone to it's hang out with. It's cute. Mm-hmm. And even Lucius mm-hmm. Malfoy is here. And Andromeda here. actually starts kind of um, warming to Rabastin a little bit because she kind of gets how he feels because she feels the same way with Bella. They have this close connection. Mm-hmm. No, his brother's not there. So yeah. when, apparently when he's not yeah. at school uh, wandering around being pompous, he is much more like uh, Andromeda. So they sort of get to be friends a little bit over the summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to her absolute joy and pure terror, the Averys are also staying nearby, which means that Will is there and he seamlessly fits into the group as well. And she's, you know, designing monograms in her mind. Andromeda Violetta Avery. Because mm-hmm. she's going to marry this boy. I like the little uh, description there. The, the relationship, as far as it exists in her mind, has progressed to the point that if asked, he could probably remember my name. <laughs> yeah. And for her, that means, oh, we're going to get married. Yeah. So but she, Bella eventually works out what's going on with this and decides she's going to teach Andromeda how to flirt. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. That, I would love Which to see Which does not this. go very well, but they have a good time regardless. Yeah, they have a, a great giggling. And we read a fic yeah. fairly recently where, um, was it Tonks? 
it, it was Tonks. It was Nymphadora was teaching somebody how Trying to, to teach. Was it therapy, Teddy? I think. Was it Harry or Teddy? No, it was Harry well, it because she was Teddy. old enough to be put off by this whole thing. Yeah. And, um, and Sirius was there and just thought it was absolutely hysterical. And then she trips or and ends up on top of Remus at some point. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, that. doing some of it too. in Remus's direction, and then he also gets flustered. Am I? Wow. Or am I losing everybody? Uh oh. No, I'm. Yeah, losing everybody's losing people. everybody. Not good. No. Here, let me see what else I can shut down. I suppose closing Skype would be a bad idea. Yeah. That is kind of a necessary element. <laughs> I can see myself doing it. Well, everybody sounds good now. Oh, good. My, Everybody's good now. My brother was telling us yesterday or, yeah, that we should look into getting a shotgun to take care of the animals that have been marauding. And now that we don't have Bernie to keep the rodent population down. And he said, no, wait a minute. I just mm. had this sudden vision of coming over and seeing all these holes blasted in the back of the chicken coop. Maybe you shouldn't have a shotgun. <laughs> We're like, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Who the heck is Richard? He's somebody that's hanging out with some... Will's older brother. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Richard Avery. I can't keep them straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after a while, I, I, they all, they get, some of them just start kind of... They blend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they do. But when I get Rodolphus into I'm like, oh, that's, in, that, that's important. and strange. And yeah. So I'm like, okay, you got to pay attention to that as well. Mm-hmm. So, much to Mother's disgust, they're deeply tanned and they're outdoor swimming and basking in the sun and just having a really nice, carefree time. And we find Do wizards have swimsuits? Oh, they must have some. I was wondering that. I wouldn't, was it like a, is it like the 1920s, like the girls have, like it's like, like all the way down Bathing costumes ankles. or whatever they call? Mm-hmm. Ew. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, we know that Floor had something because Harry actually noticed that. He doesn't notice very many things, but... <laughs> well, she was probably wearing practically nothing. Yeah, I'm sure. She was probably because, in a I mean, bikini for crying yeah. out loud. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, this is what... Is this... When is this? This is 1950s, 60s? No, they would be so... No, well, this is 40s, Canonically, huh? Bella was 70s. born in 51. No, no, no. 70s. Canonically, Bella was born in 71... Or 51 plus 11. But I think they've fudged the dates a little bit, so circa 1965-ish. Hmm, the year I was born. Okay. That works. So they so probably... I'm not sure. Think. I, little... I'm guessing they don't uh, have seven... bikinis. Well, they might have bikinis, but it wouldn't be like the 70s bikinis where there's the strings. Like, it's bikinis, but it's like a, the bottoms are like it's above your belly button. Mm-hmm. And it's like maybe like two inches of skin. Yeah. I need this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to <laughs> Yeah, theirs are probably 30 to 70 years behind the Muggle fashions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's probably back. That, that's what the fashionable, yeah, then. So, yeah, they're probably in the whole, like, have, have the leotards on their stocking feet <laughs> and stuff. It's just like their shoulders are bare. <laughs> And uh, Sirius finally shows up. He's been hanging out. He's been fluing over and hanging out with James and crew. Mm-hmm. And they have a pretty tense time because uh, Lestrange gives him a bad time and tells, you know, tells everybody that he's slumming with his Gryffindor 
buddies and everything. And and Bella hadn't really been thinking of what Sirius was doing, and now she's not okay with this and threatens to tell his mother. And he says, well, I'll tell them that you brought these books home that you're not supposed to have, and yeah, everything is tense. Yeah, she pulls a wand on him, and it's dangerously close to his throat. He's like, go ahead, Bella. And, you know, everybody's like, "Yeah, just let him go. Call him off. Yeah, this is, you can see, I mean, the, you're starting to see Bella starting to turn mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. A little bit more. I mean, we. I think she's always was a fragile person in the mind to begin with. Yeah. But... Yeah, and so with all the books that she's reading and stuff like that, she's trying, I mean, she's being developed into, into this, and Rudolphus and, 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 and crew of, um, Voldemort and crew is really molding her. Yeah, they are. I wonder what she would have been like if Voldemort hadn't been coming to power. It's hard to know because she, she would have been interested in this stuff to start with. Mm hmm. And she's yeah. very powerful in her own right. I mean, maybe she would have been. Oh Voldemort. God! Could you imagine her? Oh, ew. I mean, yeah. I mean, she. Yeah. Well, the thing is, if she, what if she wasn't brought up in the house of like what Black was, and so she'd already. I mean, she's already been indoctrinated with is um of. Pure, pure, pure yeah. blood is wonderful and all, and all that stuff. I mean, whoa, she would, I mean, but the thing is, like I said, I think to begin with, no matter what, she, she was a fragile mind. It just didn't matter. It just depended on where she broke. Right. Yeah. But I don't mm-hmm. think she would always been totally up the, up there when it would come towards the light. I think she would probably be more of a gray. Mm-hmm. More than any, she'd be a great, she'd be a yeah. gray area where she's not like Borgen and Burks. I mean, they're not for the, you don't see them being bad, but you don't see them being good. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. They, ha- you know, they they're, sell these controversial things and, and, you know, they're, they're out for money in themselves more than really mm-hmm. taking care of Voldy and, and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. I could see her being like a researcher into all these obscure dark rituals and stuff. Yeah, because she's really interested in it. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah. at any rate, they do manage to kind of break things up, and eventually Andy goes and gets her to go apologize. And whatever they say to each other, Bella comes back with her eyes red, and then they start acting normal, and Sirius is hanging around with them instead of going off to James' place. Yeah, and then it's... Andy's birthday, it's on a Friday, and so the older kids decide to have a bonfire in her honor. Yes, because they were wanting to have a bonfire anyway, and somebody's like, oh, well, it's Narcissus' birthday! Or, no, Andy's birthday. And this is her 13, it's kind of like a bar mitzvah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she thinks she is she's now completely grown up, because she's 13. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good luck with that kid. Yeah. Okay. She gets a birthday. I'm 38, and I'm still not grown up. <laughs> she gets a birthday present from Ted, or at least, yeah, it's a leather-bound book. an Earthmancy book, because mm-hmm. she's going to have trouble keeping up with him next year. Yeah, Earthmancy uh, for beginners. <laughs> <laughs> he just likes to poke the bear. He does. And, mm-hmm. you know, and she's like, 
Really? He remembered my birthday? My parents don't even know it's my birthday. How come he knows it's my birthday? Because, yeah, she's still... And how did he find out it's my birthday? Yeah, well, I'm sure Sirius How did he know where she lives? Well, I'm sure the owl Owl. found her. Owl. Yeah. (laughs) They're really doing a kind of uh, Gilbert and Anne kind of relationship here. (laughs) He just keeps Mm -hmm. poking her and annoying her. Yep. And eventually she's going to break a slate over his head or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for reminding me. The guy that played Gilbert, he, he passed away about a couple weeks ago. Aww. I think oh, it's been longer than that. Tables. Was it? It's been a I couple months at least. I, I, saw saw I saw on Facebook yesterday yeah, that Andy Griffith a while. passed away. And I'm like, didn't Wait, he Andy pass Griffith away? Did? I said, didn't he pass away a while ago? I never saw anything else about it. I just saw one post from a friend. So then I was like. I'm confused. Now I have to go look. Yeah, go look it up. Find out when, when it happened. I was sure that if it had actually happened, it would have been all over Facebook. And all I saw was the one post. So I don't know. It could be, it could be an urban legend. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, no, two days ago. In, uh, or whenever the heck. The, the 3rd of July of so, 2012. Of 2012. See, so it's been. Uh, like two years ago. Who? Andy Griffin? A- Andy well, Griffith. It, July 3rd, oh 2012. 12, right. But then I just found an article that's talking about... Oh, oh, oh it's it's just saying that it's recirculating. Yeah, that's it. Because I... Oh, okay. okay. It recirculated through my Facebook, and I'm like, didn't he already die? I'm so confused. We're way off course. So they're having a bonfire. And the guy who played Gilbert in the, the CBC original... And Green Gables things and its sequels apparently did die on April 15th. Okay. So it was this okay. year, but oh, not I just found quite that recently. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, April's not that far away. Stories. That far back. Yeah, I thought that. Mm-hmm. He yeah, apparently it's had a brain hemorrhage of some sort and donated his organs. Oh my, I didn't see that. Okay. All right, come on, let's get to the story. They're having a bonfire. So they're having a bonfire. Will does the whole yawn and stretch and puts his arm around her shoulders, and she thinks that's so cute. It is cute. It is cute. And Bella is going to tell everybody's fortunes, and she makes up fortunes and tells all different things, and it's pretty funny. Mm -hmm. They're all going to become Minister for Magic. (laughs) And have 12 children. I just love hearing Bella. I mean, she had to be in, in some, like in some instance, like I said, she had to have some kind of normal, normal feet or whatever of a life. And it's just kind of like you, you just see her as this crazy ass bitch. And then you're like, oh, and this just kind of put this just threw it into a different contrast where I'm just like, oh, my God, she's a more of a character than I thought of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is going to be one of the sad things about this story is because they've said it's going to be canon, so she's going to go nuts. But you kind of wish you could yeah. redirect Bella at some point in here and not do that. Like, don't, yeah, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't like, go to the dark you side. You won't like yeah, the cookies. Like, no. <laughs> don't go <laughs> oh in the basement. Oh, my God, I stood ice cream cookie Turn recipe. the lights on, you idiot. Well, and the yeah. really sad part about this is that we see how close the three sisters are, and yet we mm. know that Andy's going to be disowned. Yeah, mm. and never see them again. And yeah, so I and mean, no, I mean Bella's. I mean Bella's out there to kill them all. Mm-hmm. Her Ted and Tonks and stuff like that. I mean, it's 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 absolutely horrible. 
Well, I'd mm. like to think Sissy reconciled sort of with Andy afterwards. Afterwards, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, in so many ways, you kind of hope that she does after the thing. I mean, you see how her uh, in the seventh, what well, not the seventh book, the sixth book, how they're how her and um, Sissy and, and and Bella they how they talk to each other, kind of like how they talk to each other mm-hmm. in a way uh, mm-hmm. when they went to go talk to when they go talk to Snape and stuff like that. So you know there is a clo- there is a closeness, and you can't think that the third one. I mean. The one that's in between that doesn't wouldn't wouldn't have tied them together, right? Kind of thing. So it makes sense that they were close. Yeah. I've seen fix as well, where she was always kind of the outsider and off reading her book while the other two were doing whatever else. But this certainly works as well. But it does make it more sad. Mm-hmm. Very much so. And when Avery walks her up to the house, he gives her her first kiss. Yes, and she thinks. Rebastan is the best person ever for recommending that he walk her home. Mm-hmm. Or no, it's uh, Rodolphus. <laughs> He's come back to visit. Yeah. So he gets Will to walk her home, and she has her first kiss, and it's awkward and not very good and wonderful at the same time. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Just like a first kiss is supposed to be. And I love that the yes. minute Bella sees her, she knows it happened. Because you know she's yeah. got that look on her face. she's been standing around there going... And then they have another ball. Well, you know, we have to have balls. That's what we do. Uh Yes. And Andromeda gets to go this time because she's um, almost 13. Or it it does fall after her 13th birthday. Yeah. Her birthday's in the summer, I guess. Yep. And so mom's going to dress her. Oh, dear. But I don't think it's quite as bad as what she did with Bella. But it is pastel. Follow what they do in canon. Having her birthday be still part of the summer, she should have gone to Hogwarts with Bella because it's whatever year that you turn you are eleven before the start of this term is when you go. But, right, but Bella's oh, a year older. We might not have known that at this point. Well, Aww. the thing is, I mean, Bella is. I mean, if what? Um, what's her face? That's nice. Andromeda is, is, I mean, is 13 now. I think Bella is 15. I think Bella is actually two years older. At least I, that's I what think I, they that, said they break her apart. Yeah, they're a year apart. Oh, okay. At least in this fic, anyway. I don't know if that's the canon. I have um, no idea. Timing things. But, um, uh, canon, they're roughly two years apart, but since we don't know when Andy was born, exactly. But if Andromeda is 13 now, she should be going into third years. Oh, well. Oh yeah, you're right. Maybe the maybe the pen maybe the pen decided. I don't want two blacks in there. Two female <laughs> blacks and one black. <laughs> That's true. It's just too much for me. Yep. Yeah. Somebody uh, misenchanted the the book of Cogwarts. Or the deputy headmaster took a look and went, "Oh no, she's going to the next year." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, they're having their ball, and it's actually quite nice. She does not like her dress because it's still pastel and it doesn't really go with her coloring, but at least it's a fairly pretty dress anyway. And because her mother is focused on her all the time, Bella gets to choose her own. Yeah. <laughs> Bella's like, yes! And she's like, yes, well, that looks really good on her. Don't you agree with this? She's like, oh, I'm going to get this and this. this. <laughs> it's like, she's working it. <laughs> and you can just see Andy be going, really freaking kidding me. I'm going to be wearing this. And she's probably glaring at Bella going, shut up. 
Well, Bella had to wear that hideous pink thing, so it just sort of kind of runs in the family. And the one that's I can't having imagine the... Bella in pink. No, 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 no. The one that's having the worst trouble is Sissy, who doesn't get to go to the ball because she's not old enough. And the thing she is, is no, she's, al- she's alone, mm. and she's alone, yeah. and she doesn't have. She doesn't. Ha- she doesn't have narcissus. I mean, she has what's his name? Um, she should have uh, Remus's brother. His brother. Reggie? Yeah, Reggie. Yeah, Sirius's brother, not Remus's brother. That's what she said. But uh, it's not what I said. I called him Remus's oh. brother. So no, after... Oh, this this is the chat. Ah, ha, ha. Yes. So she she's tired and hot, and she sneaks out for a little breath of fresh air, and she hears footprints, and she think, or footsteps, and she thinks it's her mother, so she hides, and it's Bella looking for her. And Bella runs into... Lord dun, 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 dun. Voldemort. Yes. Well, the footsteps are a strange man, and then uh, Bella comes after her and also meets this strange man who happens to be uh, a handsome, pale fellow by the name of Lord Voldemort. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently in this version of the Wizarding World, they don't do titles like that. That's no. a muggle thing, so she's kind well, of I don't think they dismissive do of him normally calling anyway, himself Lord anything. Right. Well, because Remus was saying there's no Wizarding Royalty. Yeah, but they have so the unless, noble and most ancient house of whatever, that, that stuff. Well, that's different. Mm-hmm. And so he, she tells her not to be, not to be cheeky to him. And she, something about him actually cows her a little bit. And then he calls her an enchanting child and ties her mask back on for her, which yeah. is unfortunate foreshadowing. Yeah. You know, I wonder if there are prohibitions against witches and wizards marrying into royalty. Because imagine the power you could have. Well, that's frightening. And we move I've on. seen fix where they have, um, you know, royal wizards and as hereditary titles or appointed titles or something of the sort. Mm. I've even read one where no, it turns I... out to be Xenophilius. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> I like that. And somebody tries to get him in trouble and then he... Uh, reluctantly draws on his uh, position of being the royal wizard, which they don't use because it's, uh, it's far too boring a thing. Uh, and, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Anyway, chapter 10 is called Clarification, and we're heading back to school. Yes. And Andy's in a perpetual bad mood as they head back into school. Cause, so she's the, you know... The summer ended. The summer ended abruptly, and now they're having to go back to school. And so she's just kind of in a bad mood. Trisha, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. She You're... just got in the dumps. I mean, how can he not be? Yeah. I mean, she just had. She and had Reggie a- goes to Hogwarts. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like hell. Tell how I used to feel a lot. I had to go back to school after summer vacation. Like shit. Mm-hmm. Go back to school again. Yeah, but sometimes it's not it, like Harry. Who, yeah, Harry who wanted to go like back. Harry. Yeah, yeah, because he—I mean—he had to go live with his Muggle family. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's interesting that that happens because I've—I think I've experienced it both ways. But I—I'd I'd more often like about a week before school started, I'd be bored with summer. Right. Um, so it would work out. But there have been the ones where it's like, oh, can't we have another couple weeks? Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> And then I'll go back to school. I promise. Just let me have some more time. Yeah. 
So Reggie is going up to be sorted, and and Sirius is a little on pins and needles because he might get sorted into a different house, but he doesn't. He goes into Slytherin, and now probably Sirius. And Sirius is kind of sad about that, although he's never going to admit it. Yeah, he's probably hoping he was going to be put in Gryffindor, so he wouldn't be the odd duck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but he should have known Maybe Regulus Ravenclaw. wouldn't let that happen. No. Yeah. Yeah. And they have a new defense against the dark arts teacher because Professor Archer has run off with some American wizard. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> and American is, you know, being said the same way one would say troll. Of course, that muggle. Yeah. So they're hoping maybe they'll have a decent teacher this year. And this person's mm-hmm. the new teacher's from Durmstrang. So. Yes, and Lucius knows who he is because his father's on the board of governors. Of so apparently that's a hereditary thing. Deja vu, mm-hmm. apparently. And Andy has her first arithmetic class, and she meets Ted sitting, and he sits next to her. And he, she mm-hmm. says, Tonks, there's an entire room of empty seats. Why are you sitting next to me? And he says, so that I can explain things to you when you get confused. And she's just like, Rrr. <laughs> Yeah. Are you sure he's not a Gryffindor? Yeah, I think he might be a little Gryffindorish tendencies. Yeah. <laughs> or a Slytherin. Just a- kind of seems that way. Yep. Yeah. Maybe he's one yeah, of the real Slytherins. Yeah, but a Slytherin would have self-preservation instincts. And you wouldn't be goading people. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Mm, that's true. More- I have seen stories that claim the uh, most Slytherin Slytherins are the ones who don't get in Slytherin. Because <laughs> they're being really subtle. There you go. Huh. But it depends on... I think that's more a function of the culture of the time. So it makes more sense in Harry's time when there's the, oh, only dark wizards go in Slytherin thing. Right. Grr. So the, the ones who are really being in disguise put themselves in Ravenclaw or somewhere else. He's being annoying, again, because he does that. He does. And he wants to know if she's really going out with Will Avery, because everyone has heard. (laughs) Of course they have. (laughs) And she's like, well, you know, I don't know if I'm really going out, but I guess, yeah, I am. And so Mm -hmm. she asks him what he did for his holiday. He can't believe, yeah, he can't believe they did something so normal as go to the seaside. Mm -hmm. And they went to France, apparently. Yep. Yeah, and she's kind of flabbergasted about that. And he says, we're not destitute. Hermione goes to France. Mm -hmm. Hermione goes to France later. It's not far. It's what? That's true. It's not far. No. Yeah, it's not that far for them. I know. It's just across the channel. Yeah. I haven't gone to France. I want to go and go reclaim my ancestral castle. Mm, There you go. (laughs) Well, no, that would mostly be England. I think the, the, the French one is not a castle, but I don't think the English would let me do that either. Probably not. There are apparently still Maitlands living in one wing of our ancestral castle, but not the branch that we actually oh. came from. <laughs> but the lowland Maitlands are the ones who are the head of the clan. We are from the highland Maitlands who lost. <laughs> Aww. Oh. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> yeah, all right. That's all right. My family is a bunch of horse thieves that got kicked out of Germany. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> they go into the first Defense Against the Dark Arts class, and the new teacher, um, 
comes in and introduces himself and he's kind of reading over names. And when he gets to black, he pays attention to her. And he said, you guys have been taught a lot about avoiding the dark arts, but I don't have doubt you have any idea what it is you're supposed to be avoiding. And then he uh, asks some of us do Ted what the definition of dark arts is. And Ted gives a textbook definition and gets ridiculed for it. This guy reminds me mm-hmm. of the creepy professor from Dumbledore's Army in the Year of Darkness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't remember who that is. Yeah. And then Ravasen gives the Slytherin definition, or the uh, pureblood definition, I suppose, mm-hmm. that ministry will label anything dark arts uh, if they ban it. And they, he thinks it's because the ministry is protecting the Muggleborns from stuff that's too powerful for them. Right. Oh, for crying out loud. Yeah, we know. And the professor says, yeah, that's political commentary, but it's true that they have mislabeled some things. The thing the uh, thing that makes something a dark spell is your intent when you're casting it. Mm-hmm. He has a point. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So. He's kind of like moody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, any spell can kill. Yeah, well, he talks about that. You know, you guys all learn Wingardium Leviosa in your first year. But if I Wingardium Leviosa you and then drop you, I could break your neck. So mm-hmm. this first year spell could be dark magic. It's a good point. I mean, that's what Ron did to the troll with mm-hmm. Wingardium Leviosa. Yep. Yeah, I can't say that. Alex is just Yeah, taken. I was reading, um, what's he taking? He, he just took my back scratcher and he's playing with it. Uh-oh. I was reading um, an article on the Leaky Cauldron from Scribulus or whatever their little magazine thing they is that they did. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was still on the sidebar, but the articles were apparently from 2007, so I guess they haven't done it for a while. Yeah, sounds like us. <laughs> but it uh, was talking about um, what makes the unforgivable curses unforgivable. The reason that you get an immediate sentence for using them is because of the intent thing. You have to have a malicious intent to cast the Cruciatus Curse, at least. And they argued that that's not necessarily the same for the other two, because we know that Aurors have been allowed to cast the Killing Curse, so you must be able to cast it without absolutely hating whoever you're casting it at. But um, because it's, uh, you have to be concentrating on what exactly you, what you want it to do, um, that's what makes them... You can't say, oh, I accidentally cast the Imperius on that guy. Right. Um, you have to do it with intent to make it work. On the other hand, the killing curse is a lot more humane than some of the other ways you can kill somebody with magic. That's true. Or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Which is why the Aurors are allowed to do it and don't immediately send themselves to ask them. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of a state of war kind of thing is what they do with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have seen other fics and essays where people have argued that all three of them have some other beneficial use that has since been warped uh, to become what people think of them now. Like uh, They say like Cruciatus was originally just a nerve regenerating curse or something like that. And it does... Mm terrible things to people who have healthy nerves. Uh, Ah, that makes sense. Whatever. Interesting. But in that case, you can't really argue that because the linguistics around it are pretty much focused on causing pain. But, you know, you could say Avada Kedavra could be a a mercy killing kind of thing. Uh, An Imperius could be Mm -hmm. used 
like kind of the same way we use uh, medical hypnosis or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or if but then one, yeah, like I can see the imperious yeah. thing, like some, if someone's stuck and they're just so beside themselves that they can't, or like they're in shock, or they're so beside themselves they can't help themselves. I can see imperiousing them to help them do what they can because they even says like um, Neville did things that he could normally not do. Right. Cartwheels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like like they made people, you know, tap dance and do cartwheels. And yeah, so it could be used to, you know, get someone off a ledge or uh, uh, out of a tree if they're stuck or whatever. Yeah, or, you know, if they're afraid, well, I'm putting this more in the muggle contents, but if they're afraid to fly or afraid to, you know, to be able to get them past that hump to show them what it's like. And then they can do it. Although then the other thing with that is people would argue that um, there are other, you know, um, confusing or compelling kind of curses. It's just that Imperius is the worst one. Right. Or something like that. So you would use some of those other spells for other uses. And um, and Imperius is a level beyond that or something. But it's hard to say because we simply don't know all the background information and the extra stuff. This is people filling in things and making their own canon because J.K. hasn't told us everything. Right. Well, from what I understand, it's really the Imperius curse is just taking your free will away. And the thing is, Mm -hmm. if you're not strong of mind, what your convictions are, your 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 will has been taken will be taken away. That's all. Mm-hmm. I think that's why it's. I think it's why it's one of the worst ones because you, in some aspects, you don't have a choice. It depends. I mean, you have to really know your know yourself as a person to get away to get through it mm-hmm. in some ways. Mm-hmm. Because has there isn't really a way to block it. Like, yeah, and like Harry says, he's like, "Oh, this is pretty nice. I can feel. I can feel like, hey, I could just lose myself." It's like. Okay, it's horrible say, but it's like getting high or something. Mm-hmm. You just kind of yeah. like yeah, you lose yourself. In some yeah, you just lose yourself. That makes sense. Okay, anyhow, let's do that. So he Tonks follows Andy out of the classroom, and he's starting to talk to her. And Bella shows up and wants to know who he is. And Andy's so used to having Ted around during classes and stuff, she doesn't really think of him as a mudblood anymore. But Bella does, and Bella goes off on him, and of course Will and Elizabeth and other people are there. And so Andy has to make a choice, and she chooses to call him a mudblood and to walk away from him, hoping that that will keep the Slytherins off of him. Because if she sticks up for him, they're going to be gunning for him. And so she's kind of got this misguided idea that she's saving him, but he doesn't see it that way. Well, I don't yeah. think it's completely misguided, knowing that what Bellatrix is capable of. That's true. And the others. Yeah. But it becomes Andy's worst turn. And she has a little bit of a... Yeah. Go ahead. And she has a little bit of a confrontation with Sirius about it, because he thinks she, she should have at least tried to do that, not in the main corridor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He says, I wouldn't have guessed you could be just as much of a bitch as Bella. And that kind of hurts her. That hurts. More than anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, as you were saying, Sue, she remembers this as her worst term at Hogwarts, but at the time, she's really popular among the Slytherins because she's actually stood up for something now and uh, spoken out, and gossip has spread that around. Right. So. Mm-hmm. 
and she explains to she and Sirius sort of make up and she explains to Sirius her reasoning. You know, I was doing him a favor. I was trying to get him off the radar. And Sirius says, that wasn't your, your call to make. And she says, well, what do I do then? And he says, you need to apologize. And if he's, and hope he's willing to listen, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's not. And so she tries to apologize, but he doesn't let her. He, he's always gone or surrounded and there's no way to get close to him. And Marlene is a little upset with her as well. And she really likes Marlene. So that's kind of a disappointment for her. And then yeah. they go for a walk and work things out. So, mm-hmm. and she has to explain and her she, logic to Marlene as well. Well, she doesn't. She um, says that she had logic at the time, but she's not going to bother Marlene with it because it obviously wasn't valid. Mm-hmm. And is Bella's it wrong the only that I one, think she was right? Bella and Narcissa are the only ones who notice that she doesn't really. She isn't feeling good about this. Mm-hmm. Is it bad that I think Andy had the right idea? Mm-hmm. She Yeah, she's trying to re- protect him. She just doesn't go about it the right way. I mean, what else was she supposed to do? He's not going to listen to her otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he doesn't, you know, she still doesn't get exactly what it means to be a pureblood in her family. He'll find that out later in, our, in these well, chapters, in, but right now he doesn't too, But, like, I mean, he doesn't get it in general. He's not, it's not clicking for him. No. You know, he's he's been there when Bella's threatened people and everybody else has threatened people. He's just, he's not. And he's putting her in danger. He's he's not, you know, it's not just a him thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he, do, he doesn't, it's just, ow, flurry. <laughs> he just, I mean, he just doesn't get the concept of it. I mean, it's sometimes you can see it, but the thing is, you don't realize that it's happening until it happens to you. Right. Or to someone you love. Mm-hmm. So at one point she comes across him and she walks over. He's in the library, I think. And so she goes over and says, I wanted to talk to you. And he says, I don't think we have anything to talk about. And she says, I know you're angry with me. And he says, no, I'm disappointed. And she says, you don't understand. And he says, I'll leave you alone, Andromeda, if that makes everything easier for you. And the worst part of it is that he calls her Andromeda. Because he's always called her Andy before. So, and he's, you know, he says, I know I can't, you think I can't understand your world, but I'm doing a pretty good job with this whole magic thing. No, you're not. (laughs) And this really isn't about me or even Bellatrix or Slytherin. It's about you. You haven't figured out what you want yet. And then he walks out. Well, in a way, he is, he, it's true. Because she doesn't know what she wants. She's 13. Yeah, she is. She's pretty young still. Yeah. But 13 years old. You know what? You didn't want to. I, I didn't know what I wanted when I was 13. I mm-hmm. thought I did, but do you truly know? No. 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 Not I don't remember what I thought I wanted when I was 13. <laughs> Me either. I'm sure it had something I to do to with I wanted to be a dancer on Broadway. That's what I wanted to be. You wanted to be a dancer for what? <laughs> I wanted to be a dancer on Broadway. On Broadway? Ooh. Nice. A ballet dancer or uh, just a regular? No, I wasn't. I wasn't no, no, no ballet dancers. I wish I probably... No, if I look back on it, I wish I did more ballet. But no, I didn't do that. Aww. But hey. That is something I wanted. But you like to dance. I never no, was able yeah, to dance. I have no rhythm. And knowing what... Neither do I. And speaking of uh, what you want when you're 13, uh, Bellatrix has got herself some sexy underwear. 
Yes, she has. <laughs> and they are entirely s- scandalized. Yes. <laughs> you better hope Mother doesn't find out she'll have kittens. Oh, how's she going to find out she doesn't do the laundry? She's right. I know. Yeah. So, and they're, uh... And Narcissa's trying on a slinky silver dress robes, which would look very nice on an adult woman, but do not do anything for a 12-year-old. No. <laughs> no. It looks, the coloring looks good. Mother, I love this. Mother could be dead and in her grave, and she still wouldn't let you wear that dress. <laughs> and while they're in there, because they're in the robe shop trying on the dresses and stuff, Lily and a couple other girls come in, and they're talking and, you know, Oh, honestly, Lily, I think Potter fancies you. And she's like, yeah, I don't fancy him. Not yet. I can't, you know, fancy. He's the most annoying, arrogant boy I've ever met, except possibly for Black. That boy is the biggest git ever born. I can't stand him. The whole Black family, they're all terrible. And as she's saying this, half the Black family is standing behind the curtain. Stop talking now. And Bella heads out and to confront her. And you gotta give Lily credit, because she doesn't back down. The other girls sort of back down, but Lily has no backup in her, even in the face of being called a clever little mudblood. Oh, that's why that's why Lily is a Gryffindor. Yeah. And Andy tries to interrupt them because she sees her mother coming, but Bella is way too into she, this fight oh. to be interrupted. Yes, because Gideon Pruitt stands up for Lily. Then they start dueling because Bella calls him a blood traitor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Mom shows up and has things to say. She doesn't yell, though, because ladies don't yell in public. She has a tone. She does. Mm-hmm. My son tells me I have a tone. He goes, you're using that tone of voice again. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, the mom tone. Scream because we have neighbors. Yeah. And Narcissus is probably going, I wasn't doing anything. Yeah, well, neither of them were. It was only Bellatrix, but because they all were standing there, they all get tarred by the same feather there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. One <laughs> it for all. Mrs. Black says, have I been raising ladies or barbarians? And Andy's thinking, you haven't been raising anything. <laughs> <laughs> the house elves, maybe, but not you. Mm-hmm. And but Bella's- she doesn't say that, of course. No. And then... Bella tries to tell her what was going on, and she slaps her for talking back. It's kind of like I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it was me, but I was just like expecting her just to go, not slap back, but do something. But she again. What? How old is Bella now? She's about what? Fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She at least. I mean, she's still young enough where she's like, I gotta still respect my mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that when you're, you know, like. In a position like this, you know, you're trying to explain to your parents what was going on. You know, they'd be like, what were you thinking? And you're trying to explain it. And then you get in trouble for talking back. And you're like, what do I, what do you want from me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you asked what I was doing and I'm trying to tell you. And now you're yelling at me because I was trying to tell you. And Yeah, it's a damn if you do and damn if you do situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Look at me when I'm talking to you. Don't you look at me like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've done that before. <laughs> How do you want me to look at you? <laughs> but yes, 
her father almost speaks up for her and probably would have if she was a boy, but uh, she, he does not approve of boldness in women. Um, so. No. It's so old-fashioned. And then the thing is, yeah, it's, it's a, I mean, well, the, the world is like a Victorian time. Mm-hmm. At least. Yeah, possibly earlier. Who knows? And they're all not going to the holiday party. No. Well, Sissy's not old enough anyway. Yeah, but, and Mother's conveniently forgotten that. And they don't want to tell her because they don't want to get her into some other kind of trouble. Mm-hmm. And Sirius is like, you all are lucky. I hate these things. <laughs> I would, too. <laughs> I'd need to have a lot to drink. Yeah. Kool-Aid. And yeah, totally. <laughs> Kool-Aid. I was going to have Kool-Aid tonight, but I ran out of time. And Bella sneaks out of the room. And is somebody she cooking does. things? Somebody is, yeah. I'm not doing anything. Right. There's a clicking sound. That was me, sorry. Oh, you just all kinds of trouble today, Trisha. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I know. It's, that's your job, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. See if Sue can edit this out. <laughs> nope, I can't. Sorry, folks. We'll blame it all on Trisha. Cora, this one's yours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, I'm hearing it, too. Hmm. Yeah, that's kind of, odd. Kind of sounds like a record skip. Yeah. yeah. It it's just a crack. It sounds down. like the, get, the sound we get when you, you press the mute button and then turn it back off or something. But So Bella sneaks out of the bedroom and ends up playing chess with Mr. Voldemort. <laughs> oh, boy. And wins. Yeah, no, I find it weird, too. <laughs> Well, I could see him wanting to pl- learn chess very well because it's a strategy game, mm-hmm. and he's big into strategy. No, he's not. Well, he but wants he's to be. taking over. He thinks he can be. Oh, he thinks he's the mm-hmm. best. Of- mm-hmm. And this is also before he's gone entirely nuts and, you know, um, split himself into seven pieces. And Well, uh, he's got at least three by now. Yeah. Mm. I've heard a theory... Or read a theory in some places that he actually gets crazier and weaker the more he splits his soul, but doesn't yep. realize it. Yeah, yep. that makes sense. I believe that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think that's what's. Or at and least I've, the movies seem to say so. I'm reading one now, actually, where um, it's a crossover with uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, oh, and yeah. they managed to do like a <laughs> soul ritual of some sort to just suck all his soul pieces out of the horcruxes, regardless of where they are. But that means they all go back to him, so he's killable Uh now, but he's also stronger until they do that. (laughs) Weird. That's an interesting one. I need Mm -hmm. to watch that show. So, we come to the last party of the year, and they've lifted their punishment so that they can go. And Will, I think it's Will, oh, no, Rodolphus comes and asks for a dance, and then and then they get to have an interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't like. She wants like to know me. why she doesn't like him. She Should wants we... to know why she thinks that. I don't know. I mean, in so many ways, she sees him as taking her Bella away. Yeah, yeah, and he says that's not what I'm trying to do. And she tells him, "Don't make the mistake of underestimating me." And he says, "I won't." Mother and father are going away. They're going abroad on business. And I so wonder what kind. The girls get dumped on Sirius's parents. Mm-hmm. And Uncle Alfred is there, so at least that's fun. Mm-hmm. And apparently Sirius shows a predilection earlier in life for arguing with portraits. <laughs> He's having a shouting match with Phineas. Yep. And 
And Robin is like, you're not going to change his mind. The portrait is going to stay the same as he was whenever that was made. I think Sirius was already crazy, too. He is a bit mm. on the crazy side as well. And he wants... Well, if Mrs. Black was anything like her portrait, I don't blame him. No. And he wants to know if Andromeda ever apologized to Ted. And she says, I tried, but he wasn't having any of it. And so he says, well, just remember, things have a way of working out. Yeah. And she's left her book in the drawing room, so she wants to go back for it. And Mm -hmm. then she overhears a conversation between Riddle and Uncle Orion. Yeah. And Uncle Orion says, I just want to secure my family's position. I don't really care what's happening as long as my children won't be exposed to mudbloods. And he says, well, that's exactly what I want, too. And And Uncle Orion shakes his hand, and that's where things go wrong for the blacks. And we move on. And we go to Chapter 12, Shades Shades of of Grey. But just Shades of Grey, not Fifty Shades of Grey, so that's all right. Yeah, it's not that kind of... Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah, and Sirius says, Hello, Andy, you're looking very nice today. What do you want? (laughs) I'm hurt, Andromeda. Can't a guy give his cousin a nice compliment? She's like, I don't have all day. And he wants her potions. He wants to copy the potions over, because Remus won't let him copy off his. Damn, Remus, he's so Hermione. He is. And Bella shows up and says, I need a word with you. And he says, okay, what? And she says in private, and James says, we're busy. And she goes off on James. And then Sirius isn't going to talk to her because he's been she's been mean to James. Mm-hmm. He wants her to apologize, and she's not going to. And after she leaves, he calls her a bitch. And mm-hmm. then Andy gets mad. Don't call my sister that! No, she and is! He says, just don't engage with her. She wants to get a reaction out of you, and you always do. Yeah. yeah. Easier said than done. It mm-hmm. is. You know what? It is, but the thing is, sometimes I kind of tell Ulrich that because sometimes kids will say things and they just want to see how you see. They want to see how their words can affect people. Mm-hmm. And, and adults, I mean, adults are like that. And I'm like, don't react. Sometimes you get the upper hand more right. than it. And that's what I used to do with my ex because my ex would do something and just so I would have a rea- reaction. Once I stopped, mm-hmm. I got hands uh-huh. it just happens yeah. it's, it's it took a long time for me to figure that one out <laughs> well it's like what i tell my preschoolers you know danger he's chasing me and i'm like run. okay here's the secret if you don't want to be chased don't run they can't chase you if you're not running and it's such a hard concept for a two or three or four year old yeah. to you know to actually comprehend it's not intuitive no it's, they're chasing someone's me, so chasing you and you want to run away <laughs> but yeah the same with, you know, trying to learn to survive a bear or whatever, and they tell you to be really still, and that's not what you want to do no. if there's a bear chasing you. Well, isn't it true that, you you know, people either freeze or they flee? I'm the freeze kind of person. I don't run. I just stand stock still and hope to God I don't wet my pants. So you um, probably do well if not getting killed by tigers and bears. And- you just have to make yourself big. <laughs> Well, some of them, yeah, it depends on the bear, too. I mean, if you're, some of them, you're supposed to get down into a little ball and just cover your head. It all depends. Mm-hmm. Except nobody's going to remember that when you've got a bloody bear chasing yeah. you. Yeah, that gonna would be my problem, go, too. It's like, okay, what do I do? Am I supposed to climb a tree? Am I supposed to put my hands over my head? Ah! Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't, you know what? I, yeah, until you get into that situation, yeah, you there's always two reactions. There's fight or flight. Yep. And it just depends. I mean, yeah, I used to always want to fight, fight, fight. Me, I'm, I don't flight. I shut down and I don't react. That's my, that's my mechanism now. Yeah. So now it's freeze. So it's freeze, fight, or flight. Yeah. Pretty I'm much. just, whatever. Yeah. And speaking of, um, Andy goes to, after Bella to find out what she was supposed to tell Sirius and wants to know why she's fighting with him all the time. Mm-hmm. Why do you think? Yeah, but I like what she says. Don't make him choose between you because you might not like what happens. And she wants to know why she's become James Potter's biggest fan all of a sudden. She says, I don't know, James, but he's not that terrible an influence. And the more you yell at Sirius, the more he's going to want to go against what you're telling him to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Andy says, and don't make me choose between you and Sirius because I'm not going to do it. So that's pretty bold of her to say that it mm-hmm. is. Yeah. It's probably the first time she stood up to her. Yeah. And she tries to explain to Bella, you know, it's not, there isn't two sides. It isn't a choice here. It's like, it's not you or serious or you or the fa- serious or the family. It's there's shades of gray. And Bella's like, what? I do not understand. Yeah. And, Bella's and brain lot, doesn't work that way. And I mean, there's people who, who, who just see just black and white. And a lot of times children, especially small children, just see black and black white, and white. Mm-hmm. until they until they get life experiences and, and do that. But usually, I mean, as the perfect example, Sheldon Cooper, mm-hmm. I mean, he can't see beyond. I mean, he's this intelligent person. That's why usually you see they always say there's two types of people. There's socially people. There's um, socially adept people, and then there's book smarts. Because usually the book smart people are so book smart, they're socially dumb. That's, that's true. Separate. Yeah, my dad had to give some of his college classmates socializing lessons. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And we learn different things, too. Like, I have learned how to be more of an extrovert in certain situations and with certain people, but then there are other situations where I'm still a complete introvert or just... Uh, don't know the social cues and don't know what to do. But, you know, if I'm going to a class or something like that, as long as I know what I'm talking about, I'll speak up and talk. If I'm doing a podcast, we have things to talk about so I can talk about what's going on. If I'm calling clients at work, I know what I'm calling them for and I know what Mm -hmm. I'm doing with the writing and stuff. So I can Mm -hmm. talk about that. But put me in a situation with something I haven't experienced I don't know what to do. So I just sort of sit in the corner and watch. Until you, yeah. until you learn what's going on and then you can insert. And you know what? That's t- that's typical of anybody because, yeah, people are thinking, oh, yeah, Trisha, yeah, she'll, she talks to anybody. You know what? I hate talking to people. <laughs> Me too. Except you guys. You, with you guys, I don't shut up. <laughs> exactly. This is how it works. You find people or groups of people that you're comfortable with and then you start talking. Right. See, and I have to relearn how to do this because, you know, having gone to a women's college for four years and having only gone to a co-ed environment after that for about two years, you know, for grad school, and now having been at home or more or less for five years with a very, very small work environment because my dad's company only has like six people that come, you know, in rotation, plus my parents, my friends are all gone. Like I see big groups of people like every six months. 
So I'm, it's going to be such a culture shock. It's so overwhelming, I think, for me for about the first week of when I go out to grad school going, yeah. I am surrounded by like five gajillion people. I can't handle oh, yeah. how to deal with this anymore because I don't remember, let alone mm-hmm. talking to men. I'm going to be like, oh, my God, you're not a girl. What do I do? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh. Yeah, and, and it's, it's like anything. I mean, when, I mean, for the things for me to start talking to people, I had to force myself. That's one of the things why I started volunteering. Because I'm talk, I'm like, I don't know any, I don't like, I don't know these people. And I started volunteering. I'm like, I started talking to runners and stuff like that. I'm like, and, and then I'm talking to sp- people to get sponsors for stuff. I'm like, I hate it. I just hate it with a passion. I'm like, I'm trying not to go. Duh, duh, uh, duh, uh, uh. No. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny because, you know, if you have the, the, I'm going to say clicks and that's not quite the right word, but like the Harry Potter people, you know, that if it's a group of Harry Potter people that you have a common interest and you can, you can have a jumping off place and it's okay to talk. When I was with Ryan and Danielle and I was bird watching, people approached me all the time. Ryan and Danielle were just like, whoa, Sue's like a magnet. What is going on here? All these people keep coming up and talking to her. But I had my binoculars. I was looking at something. So, And that's how it is with the bird people. You mm-hmm. stop and you say, hey, what are you seeing? Is there something special I should be looking for? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. we saw this bird in this tree. So when you get there, you look for it because it might still be there. I mean, that's oh, how I, I saw my bird watched. Oh, yeah, I love to bird watch. Ooh. That's how I saw my last owl was somebody said it's at the corner, you know, and it was this really long shot. But I just had a feeling the owls here and I looked for it and lo and behold, I found it. So, you know, mm. you have that kind of thing. It's funny. And I imagine we should cut this out of the podcast, but. We were going to tease Calvin today because we went to pick blueberries. And the mm-hmm. house where we went to pick blueberries, you know, we knew he wouldn't want to go. Mm-hmm. But the the daughter of the woman who owns the blueberries, it was the Playboy Bunny of the Year. <laughs> okay? So we were going to stop by and tell my 13-year-old nephew that we were going out to the Playboy Bunny's house. And we heard she's in town, so did he want to come? <laughs> because he would have come just on the off chance. But, you know, it's like my brother said, if she actually shows up, he's going to be a pile of goo on the floor because he's not going to be able to talk to her, no. you know, mm-hmm. and she's like 30 years old. It's been a long time since she was the Playboy Bunny of the Year, but still. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, the Playboy Bunny costume was made for somebody my size. Yeah. Which I find hysterical. <laughs> so, but, you know, it it, it depends on... On where you're at. I have, I don't have a problem talking to people one-on-one in mm-hmm. small situations, mm-hmm. but parties and stuff like that, I go to the kitchen mm-hmm. because yeah. I can do, I can cook and I can serve and I can, and I'm happy to talk to you in that capacity, but I've got a counter between us. I have that safety zone. Yeah. yeah Wait, exactly. everybody doesn't end up in the kitchen? Is that just Japanese thing? Because every single time we have a party, we all end up in the friggin' kitchen. Oh, everybody ends up in the kitchen. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah, my family too. We all end up in the kitchen. And that usually is the place that you end up. But I've been in parties where, you know, there's people in the kitchen, but there's also people in other parts of the house. And I'm much more comfortable we in the kitchen. We try that. We try that because our house is huge. But somehow. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we spread out a little bit more. There's usually some people in the kitchen and some people other places, but that's because you can only fit four people in the kitchen at one time, so, uh, or whatever. Um, We're always in the kitchen and the dining room borders are right beside each other. That's how we always said. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. (laughs) But, no. Mm. No, I'm the same way. I could do one-on-one. I don't like big, I don't like big groups either, but like I said, I mean, it was something that I, I knew I needed to work on and I, and I can do it. Like my son, I don't know where the hell he comes from. But he- <laughs> when a man and a woman. <laughs> he talks to everybody, doesn't he? He talks to everybody and he, and the thing is, he doesn't care. I mean, he, he can, he talks. It was so funny. Um, the lady, lady I volunteer with, she's, a, I believe she's a marketing and stuff and, and she does the behind the scene marketing. She doesn't like doing the sales and stuff like that. And she sets up the sales guy. So that's what she does. And she's just like, my son was out there and she was talking to a, she was talking to someone. He's like, Oh, you know what? I only, I only have $50. He goes, I can't give you all my $50. I'll come back next time. My son looks at, looks at him. She goes, we can give you change. <laughs> and she's like, you know what? We can. We can still get some money off of you. And then she's like, and she's like, it's like people come in. We had like little things to sell there, like cookies and um, t-shirts and little like knickknack things, like military, like little military stuff. Uh And she's like, and she's, and she's watching him and she's, and she's laughing. I'm going, what? I'm like, is he okay? She goes, she goes, Trisha, he knows how to do the hard sale. He goes, he's like, you know what? This would be really nice for like Mother's Day and stuff. And she's like, she goes, she goes, there are salesmen that don't know how to do that. And you have to teach them. She goes, he does it freaking naturally. I go, it's not me. <laughs> well, see. Let's just hope he keeps that. Because I know like until probably grade three or four, I talked to everybody. But I have no idea where it went. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that, that's fine because when R does things, he takes this. I always tell people, I go, he's my used car salesman <laughs> because he will. He he's going to be the kid that can sell a nice cube to an Eskimo. Yep. Kind of. And it is so funny because like he had to do a presentation of their car and stuff like that, and they had people coming in from from outside, business owners and stuff. And the one guy goes, "When you turn eighteen, come see me. I got you a job." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's good. He's already networking. <laughs> I know. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, he's gonna be the politician or the used car salesman. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, speaking of cars. talking things out, we have Andy and Ted finally sort of <laughs> reconciling here because she's just grumpy from all this confrontation with Sirius and Bella and everything. And a random Hufflepuff named Mercer. They run into each teased other. Her, teases her about inbreeding because, yeah, they, she bumps into him and says sorry. And it's like, oh, well, that's what happens when you're inbreeding. And, you know, uh, you know he's I don't beautiful. think they look inbred enough. Like I always, think, I always figured, you know, if you've got purebloods and you're only marrying purebloods, and you don't really get a sense of the wizarding world is huge, then, then obviously your average run-of-the-mill pureblood is going to look like it got hit upside the head with an ugly stick, you know? Yeah, but, but it'd be really hard to find inbred people to play the part. <laughs> <laughs> they can go to, they can go to the 
Look, it's Uncle Grandpa. This is why I'm here, I think. Okay. <laughs> I'm picturing, like, some random guy with a helmet on. Like, in the scene of Jay for Secrets, we With, like, one eye that just kind of drifts. And he, he's trying really hard to pick a fight with her, and she's about ready to give it to him when Ted, Ted shows, shows up, up. and yeah. says he's not worth it. And mm-hmm. then, of course, he's like, oh, well, the princess has a muckle boy- boyfriend. Ooh. And he says, sorry, I know you can take care of yourself and fight your own battles, etc. But she says, I was going to say thanks. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, sure. And she's like, it's just been one of those days. She's having a puffo day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he says they should go for a walk, even though it's almost class time. Mm-hmm. They, they just decide to skip this class. <gasps> hasn't really done that before, but yeah, okay, fine. Uh, yeah. And um, apparently their uncle's name has been in the papers because he's been saying Riddle has the right idea. And so that's why people are more interested in picking fights with blacks at the moment. Yeah, and she's the one to pick the fight with. You don't want to pick the fight with Bella. No. And he says, you know, I've decided I don't want to buy into this stuff enough to avoid you completely and try and, or try and change how you deal with your family. I want to be friends with the people I want to be friends with, and I don't want to fight with uh, Bellatrix or Malfoy or Lestrange. And I guess you were kind of trying to do that, even though it was a weird way of going about it. And Besides, if I don't sit next to you, I have to sit next to Spencer, and he's really bad at Earth Fancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then as they go up back towards the castle, they get caught by their teacher yes. and, and end up with detention. Neither of them are either under jelly legs or attacked by a manticore, so no. probably they were skipping. <laughs> yeah, he kind of had that figured out before he even found them, but yeah. there you go. And the girls give her a bad time because they think she was out with Will. And she can't tell him who she was out with because, yeah, yeah. blood blood. Mm-hmm. Not okay. So eventually she heads down to the common room to get away and goes and sits with Reggie. Who's made a couple of friends, but he's more or less kind of on his own. Yeah. And he wants regulars. to know why Bella's saying all the same mean things his mother says about Sirius. Yeah, she says, well, that's just the way Bella and Sirius are with each other, but... It's not entirely true. And And when we head into the Great Hall the next day, things have gotten tense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we find out that there's been some killings. People Mm -hmm. from the ministry were killed, and the one thing they were all had in common was that they were Muggle-born and they were supporting the Muggle Protection Act. So now people are all upset. Is it canon that such a thing exists? I don't know. I think Arthur was working on something, but I don't know if that's exactly what it was called. Mm. I think it gets mentioned in Chamber of Secrets when he and Lucius are having their fight or something like that. But I don't know. Uh, Google seems to think so. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. was a proposed Ministry of Magic law that was presumably designed to protect muggle, muggles from... Da, da, da. So... Bella, you know, stumbles in because she's overslept, and they hand her the newspaper, and before she can read it, Malfoy steals it out of her hand, and she's like, I was reading that, and he says, you wouldn't understand the significance, Black, and that just pisses her off, because she really is good at this political stuff, and she's been paying attention, and she's a little upset that he's not 
giving her credit because yeah. He's not taking he's not taking her seriously. No. Because she's a girl. Yeah. Yes, there is reference to the Muggle Protection Act in the end of Chamber of Secrets when Dumbledore is kind of speculating about why uh, Lucius chose Ginny to give the diary to. Mm-hmm. And so it seems a little odd that it would already be on the books at this point if it's something that Arthur's spearheading, but I maybe maybe it's taken him a really long time to try and do something with it. Probably. Yeah, it probably has gone through many um, different... Hands. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, different write-ups where, they're, okay, well, this one doesn't work, let's try this, or this worked, but now we need something more, and stuff like that. The word I was looking for was drafts. Yeah, maybe. So Maybe how it came about, at least you got the muggle artifact division where Arthur works. <laughs> that's how that, that's how that department came about. Mm. And Bella gets mad and whips out her wand, and she's going to hex him. She's about halfway through it when Professor Malenkoff interrupts her and says, Hmm, your uh, temper's going to get you landed in Azkaban. Why, yes, yes it is. <laughs> That's it. And so now Bella's mad at Andy. So She thinks it's her fault for provoking this whole thing, or what? Yeah, I can't remember this. Well, that's rule number two. Alex, please get off the computer so I can read it. But, Mom! Come on. Because rule number one is don't get caught. Rule number two is if you do get caught, blame somebody else. Mm-hmm. And rule number three is if all else fails, run like hell. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure that we really know. It's just because we've fair. changed scenes here, and it just says Bella's angry with me. She never said another word about her accusations that I was forgetting who I was, but she didn't actually act the way she used to. She doesn't touch her anymore. And, you know, because Bella was very handsy with Andromeda. She always was touching her or holding her hand or cuddling with her in sleep, and now she's not doing that stuff anymore. And now Andy's kind of starting to miss it. Mm-hmm. So, and it's because Andy sided with Sirius. Mm-hmm. That's the the reason. Yeah. And so she goes off to detention with Tonks, and the the teacher's like, "Well, I'm not quite sure what I should do with you, but I I don't think I should uh, have you do lines. So how about you just grade papers for me? <laughs> that works." And and he pulls her aside at the end of detention, and he says, "You don't laugh very often, Andromeda, but you're laughing. You laugh a lot when you're with him." And that kind of gives her some real food for thought. Aww. So then she goes up and crawls into bed with Bella. She says, "I can't stand it that you're mad at me." They make up. Dun dun dun. Yeah. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. So, Trisha, how you doing? I'm gonna be going to sleep, and I still need a shower yet. <laughs> okay. So. Do we want to stop here and break the last chapters down so that we have another night of podcast? Or do you guys want to keep going another five chapters? Um, I'm kind of tempted to say stop here. I'm about ready to face keyboard myself. Yeah, that's mm. fine. And Might be a good idea. Seems to be a long group of them or something. It is a long group. Yeah. And this it, is a good spot. The first eight chapters weren't as long as these eight. No, apparently. they weren't. I guess and plot is picking up or something. Like I said, yeah. it's four hours and 37 minutes on my text reader, so I figured we wouldn't get all the way through with it. Yeah. And this is probably a good place to, to stop. We just ended up the anger and, 
everybody's made up, so we'll yeah. go on and see what happens next. We, we left on a good note. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have the biggest feet. Oh, thank you. <laughs> he's he's reaching for me with his claws completely out, and his feet are huge. He wants to knead. It's a really bad thing having a cat that likes to knead with his claws on my waterbed. Ooh, ouch. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that could cause some problems. Yeah. Especially he might be a very startled cat one day. Especially lately because it's been so hot that I barely have a sheet on. Mm. So there's no, nothing to, you know, keep him from causing damage. I do have a towel down underneath my main sheet, my bottom sheet, mm-hmm. um, on the upper half of my bed just to give that little extra thickness mm-hmm. so that I don't end up wet in the middle yeah. of the night. I feel like you should set up a simulation or something where he does that and it actually shoots water at him and see if that makes him stop. No, I don't think so. He's so ingrained. He can't. And he comes he comes up on my pillow and he kneads on my pillow and then he kneads on my arm and I'm like, dude, that hurts. Stop it. And I throw him off my bed and he comes right back. And I can tell he's really missing Bernie because he's been hanging out with me a lot more than usual. Aww. Yeah, poor guy. Yeah. So we're having a debate. I know you guys have to go, but we're having a debate. I have one person offering me a kitten and one person offering me a two-year-old cat. Mm. And Mm. we have to decide if we're going to go the kitten route, which I think might be a little easier for Alex to, Yeah, because Mm -hmm. the kitten can conform to Alex better. Yeah. Yeah, no. The kitten that we got weighed about a pound to Alex is 15 pounds. She terrorizes him. He hasn't been in the house hardly since, but he still comes to my place, so that's okay. But the other one is already neutered. It's got its shots. It's, yeah. you know, we already know it's a mouser, but it's going to be really hard for it to come out of somebody else's home where it has three companions and come here where it might have Alex for a companion, but it may not. Mm -hmm. And so we're, Mm. we're trying to figure it out. Yeah. What do you think, Alex? Do you want a new brother? Can you bring Alex and sort of test him out? I don't know. I think Alex would, it would be really hard because Alex mm-hmm. would be real intimidated. He, he gets mm-hmm. real quiet at the vet if you put him in the cage and stuff. He's he's one that will go back into the cage rather than stay out. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, my cat won't. Yeah. And um, the kittens. But I feel bad for the kittens. They started off with ten and something's eaten six of them already. So I feel like I should go save the kitten. Yeah, my parents had three kittens, and there was a big storm, and mama, the mama cat came and took them away, and they found three dead kittens next door. Mm. It was sad. They were cute little kittens, too. Yeah. I swear we would have a conniption if, if I brought a cat back home. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. Oh, because she's used to be she's used to being the only the only cat, so there's no way I can get another cat with her now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's queen of the castle. Alex is lonely. I can tell. Yeah. So we just have to figure it out and get something. And I gotta go back to trapping skunks. I've waited three days. I need to get back out there and set my trap and see what I Why catch. Don't you both. What? Why don't you just get both? Because we don't need three cats. We have enough trouble feeding the two we or the one we have. 
Actually, we don't have any trouble feeding Alex because he won't eat the wet food. He likes it the very first day you open the can, but he doesn't like it any other time. And we can't waste an entire can. Gracious. So he hasn't had any wet food since Bernie died because he turns his nose up at it. (gasps) That little snob. He is a snob. Yes, you are. Alex snob. But he likes his crunchies, so that works. But anyhow, we should say goodnight for this fic and let people go to bed. I like it. It's starting to heat up. You're starting to see a little bit about yeah. Bella. You're starting to see a little bit about Voldemort. Uh, the cracks are forming. Serious, yeah. The cracks are forming in the family, mm-hmm. and she's she's in love with Will at the moment. But Tonks is just always kind of there in the back of her mind, and he's always doing things like sending her Christmas presents or sending her birthday presents and. She's not sure how she should feel about it, but at the same time, it makes her feel kind of good. It kind of reminds me of the Seinfeld episode of George Constanza. Constanza. (laughs) (laughs) It talks. So. Sorry. Ah, 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 Hey, no drawing blood, bugger. That's not good. Ouch. Yeah, go away. Can you file claws on cats? Do they grow back? Yeah, they will grow back, but his need to be cut because they are nasty yeah get him a a really rough scratching post or something i don't know he doesn't scratch on the scratching post he's he's such a prima donna pretty boy (laughs) anybody else want to say good things about this story so far i'm enjoying it so far as i feel like there are ominous things going to happen and i I don't really want to see bella go nuts but it's going to happen at some point Mm -hmm. so (laughs) But it's it's very interesting yeah. to read and to see all this as it unfolds. So I will definitely keep going with it. I'd like to see more of everybody else, but alas, I can't do that. Aw, why not? Well, there's only so much of Bella. Actually, regular would be kind of, ah. Like I said, like anything, like when I read a book, I read the ending. Right. Why? Because I gotta know what, how it ends. Because if I die, then I won't know how the story ends. <laughs> <laughs> and here I thought you were going to say because I like to s- I like to know how it gets to the point that it goes. No, I'm always worried. If I die, I'm not going to know how the story ends. So, see, and this is how it is. I already know how the story ends. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we knew how it was going to end anyway. Well, yeah, I don't think Trisha's I saying she, so- she read the end of this. She just knows how it ends. Oh, uh-uh. So I'm already okay with it. I like it because I already know how the story ends because she's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. But I do it with every book. And the thing is, this is how I know. It's the only thing that kills me with the Kindle now because I can't flip pages like I used to. Mm-hmm. Because I get, if I, if I really like the book, I would flip pages and read, like, read ahead, like a chapter and go, oh, okay, I gotta wait to see how long I get back. And I can't do that with the Kindle. At least not easily. No. You can't? And no, not, not very easily. It's harder. Yeah. Well, you could if you yeah. wanted to flip forward like and then you have to remember where you were and stuff like that. I haven't figured out the whole bookmarking part on it, so I have trouble with that. Oh, here's a um, useful thing from Deep Down Slytherin's uh, profile page. It says, I took serious liberties with the ages of the black children in a keen observer. It was written before the black family tree was released, but nonetheless, it does defy logic. It's not necessary to send me an email to tell me this. No, really, don't. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Some of Brother stuff is good, too. It's just, it's, it's, it's very, very good. 
Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And it is all focused on um, Andromeda and mostly her family. Some of it's in the Dora era and some of it's earlier. And there's a bit where Adolphus is considering how he feels about Bellatrix. So not all of it is stuff that would necessarily mesh with this story. But if you want little extra bits, uh, do go and read her other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. And do we know it's a she's a she? I assume uh, she's a she, but... Yes, I am female and probably older than you, it says. Okay. <laughs> so Good we don't know. know for sure, because we all are very different ages, but she is female. Good. And she is not currently writing, because she started her most recent story in 2012, and then moved to another country and got married, and moved to another country and another country, and got her dream job, and etc. So she will... She wants to come and continue it at some point, but it's hard to say when that may happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that story, that on hiatus one. There's an on hiatus story, huh? Yeah, the one yes. from 2012. This one was started in 2005 and finished in 2006. Yeah. So she might still be around for interview-type things. I guess we'll have to see when we get that far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll send her a note. All right, well, should we just say goodnight and I'll reconfigure some of this stuff and try to figure out other places and we'll pick it up, uh, pick <laughs> it up it next week. All righty. So, Good night, everyone. Hope good night. you enjoyed our coverage good and night. come back again. Good night. <laughs> next time. Dun, dun, dun. So hold on to the wonder that those books Brought to Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.